Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good evening, and welcome to Foment About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm Mary Izette. And I'm Chris Kuzmi. And we're your co-host of this weekly journey through all things fermented. You are currently listening to the music of Chris Berry. Uh, I had the pleasure of going on tour with Chris several times uh, and uh, being in his band for a number of years uh, toward the country. He is actually in town and doing a really wonderful storytelling event on February 21st and 22nd at BAM, uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music. Um, I'm really looking forward to it, but unfortunately, I won't be able to go on the 21st because I'll be at the opening party for New York City Beer Week, and uh, if you are around in New York City, please come to that. We're having a giant party at Grand Central Terminal in Vanderbilt Hall. Uh, it's put on by the, uh, by the New York City Brewers Guild. Uh, go check out nycbeerweek.com for more information and for tickets. We're really excited about that entire week, New York City Beer Week, from February 21st to March 2nd. Also, this Saturday is the New York City Homebrewers Guild is putting on Homebrew Alley. It's too late to register entries, but we might need uh, some more volunteers. So go to homebrewalley.com to to sign up to volunteer. Um, Or just come to Alewife in Queens. Alewife is an amazing beer bar. Uh, Patrick Doniger and Roz Doniger and and, uh, Dan Lanigan uh, do a wonderful job over there and are really gracious hosts. We're going to have a giant party on Saturday the 8th um, around 7 o'clock we'll be announcing winners and hanging the night through and there may be some extra homebrew to taste yeah definitely will be you may recall a few weeks back a few moments for us because Mary and I are actually out of the country right now as you listen to this unless you're listening to the archive which is archived on Stitcher and and iTunes by the way Uh, we hung out with uh, Tony Limuaco two weeks ago hi Tony hey thanks for having me back Tony is from kimchilicious.com and uh, started uh, a project a cookbook kimchilicious or sorry uh, it's kimchilicious kimchilicious American tapas tapas Korean tapas for the American table (laughs) thank you that's what I was that's what I'm getting at um, and then it launched you into a giant uh, uh, kimchi making thing, and now you're making kimchi uh, at a commercial level for for people around town. Uh, yes, and and um, uh, I will be expanding into uh, a facility in Long Island City this year. That's the the big step up. <laughs> That's really exciting because your kimchi is awesome. Oh, thank really you. Delicious. Uh, one of the last things we talked about on the last show was, um, you know, uh, how long to keep kimchi and. And the refrigerator, and whether oxygen was making a difference. We we were just talking about how to make kimchi. If you had, if you don't know how to make kimchi, check out that episode. But what can go wrong? Yeah. Well, a, a lot of things. Like you were saying, uh, yours the brine seemed to run out. That's evaporation. Uh, a lot of it is just not leaving the lid tight enough. Um, and also, it could be the quality of the cabbage, like not having as much water in it. Uh, but ox- oxygen is the thief of all flavor. So uh, one thing to do is uh, a quick fix is just make a quick salt brine. Uh, they call it a 10% brine by weight. So let's say to um, a half cup of 
uh, let's see, to a cup of water, maybe a teaspoon of salt. That is a 10% brine in, in rough estimate. Uh, cover the top and make sure everything is submerged and plunge it back down again. So, uh, you know, let it sit again. Let it sit a while. I'd say for long-term storage, always make sure liquid has covered it. Okay. And that brine, uh, that goes back to, actually, in the last episode, we didn't actually talk what brine was. You said add some brine to it. So that that would be the brine that oh. you would add if you were making it initially and didn't have enough liquid you, you to could actually, Yeah, you could, you could just start a fresh brine. It really is just sea salt and water. Uh, you know, some people say purify the water. I, I don't think that matters that much. I, there's not much of a, a flavor sensation. I, I would say a lot of people fear fluoride. That's a <laughs> that's something to consider. Uh, but generally, in New York, we have the best tap water in the United States. I know when we talk about home brewing across the country, again, New York City worked great. We don't even have we have chlorine added, but it's even I don't find it's, it's an excess. Good water. But I know parts of the country that have chloramine, which is not. Do those people probably need to use a filtered or water? Yeah, I, I right? would say definitely yes. Uh, I live in Colorado. Uh, well, on and off uh, in college, I went back with my roommate's parents uh, to my roommate's parents' house in Fort Collins, and you know, slop the pig, chop the wood, take care of the farm, and their water is so hard; <laughs> it, it, it destroys bread. Yeah, it's amazing how you have to do so many things. And also, another thing uh, that I forgot about: uh, oxygen levels. Uh, you can actually produce a better kimchi in a higher climate because you are not you, your oxygen level is low and the chances of oxidation are very low mm-hmm. so i did not think that, about yeah, that that's, at that's all that's pretty interesting well, sea level sea level has a lot to do with food making uh, you know it, it really is like barometric pressure like uh, sausages uh, you know like a, a cured meat doesn't really happen well in higher climates it really is like where the bar- barometric pressure is heavier you know and uh, like in the mediterranean you know right. yeah <laughs> So I have a question. What if somebody wants to make kimchi, but they can't find Napa cabbage? I, I mean, I know in New York City we have tons of, you know, it's very easy to find lots of things. But I've lived in rural environments, suburban environments. What if you can't find cabbage? Napa cabbage? I, I would say a, a quick close cousin is the Savoy cabbage. Okay. Uh, you know, and that seems pretty, you know, uh, that's pretty available. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, you just cannot use the... Uh, uh, the garden variety, you know, cabbage. It's just mm-hmm. too thick. The cell walls are too thick. It's a different flavor. Uh, tends to get sour very easily. Like which sauerkraut. Is great, yeah, which is great for sauerkraut. <laughs> but you want a lot more for kimchi. You definitely want a lot more subtlety and depth and flavor. Mm-hmm. So I would say Savoy if you can't find a Napa cabbage. Okay. And then what about other vegetables? Like if you wanted to do radishes? Or... Oh, yeah. I, I would say uh, I, I experimented that a lot. Uh, and and uh, a traditional type of uh, Korean kimchi uh, with radishes is called kaksuki. It's uh, Well, I, I don't want to spell it because I'm sure I'm going to get it wrong, but it's called <laughs> kaksuki. <laughs> and it is cubed Korean radish. That's a very unique uh, radish. It's not daikon. Daikon actually tends to get more sour with age. That's a different food aesthetic. It's not a bad thing. I found European white radishes just got bitter. I did not like what I made. I, I hate throwing things out too, especially when you've waited like a whole two weeks and mm-hmm. you have that anticipation that this is going to be great and you go, I think this goes right to the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Compost. It, uh, that did not do well. You want radishes that have a higher sugar content. Okay. And I think that is what's going to help you along. So let me ask you this. Are there any kind of n- non-traditional kimchi ingredients that you've used or that you've oh, made yeah. primarily that you've had luck with? Like stuff that we would... Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, for there's a fresh type of fern uh, uh, kimchi. Uh, it's traditionally Korean. I use fiddleheads. Those are delicious. Oh, That's yeah. to be eaten within 
days because uh, the flavor changes too quickly. So it's considered like a daily kimchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also made Brussels sprouts kimchi. That was delicious. Wow. Uh, it takes a lot longer, and you got to slice it thinner. because. Uh, and also, I, I, the best result was parboiling them. Okay. Because that really softened up the structure. Okay, I was going to ask how long you would brine yeah. that for. To oh, get this parboiling helps a lot. I'm saying just, you know, blanch it, you know, what, 15 seconds, pull it out, salt it while it's hot, and that'll help uh, extract the liquid and break down the cell structure. Uh, bok choy is one of my favorite ones, but it just goes, to, it really dissolves too quickly. You don't want to salt this too much. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's almost like lettuce, but uh, that makes a really nice sweet kimchi. So last uh, last episode you talked about how you know you want to salt your uh, cabbage for an hour an hour and a half max. Max. So when you say bok choy, just very little. Where, where, how, I, how I would the, say it's not a ten percent brineish thing at all. It's lightly salted. Let it sit for twenty minutes and okay. then continue because it is very then full rinse. Get off that salt. Matter of fact, the, one of the first big mistakes I, I made was. I salted cabbage left for the day and got locked out of my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) The cabbage dissolved. It was like, oh my god, this is like membrane. (laughs) It was amazing how you know that was like a good four-hour lockout until (laughs) (laughs) until I could get back in my apartment. And I was like, wow, it is just not usable. (laughs) And which, uh, coming from a culture where you don't throw anything away, that one was time to throw. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it just had no use. You know, the, a part of the Asian aesthetic is the slimy. Actually, uh, it, it is part of the Asian food aesthetic. But this was just too much for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like when it gets to that point, you're, you're taking on too much salt. Uh, too, yeah, also. Uh, it's, I mean, just yeah, just... it's not reversible at that point. Right. Yeah. Uh, same thing too. Some people. Uh, for larger batches, uh, to slow down the salting process, uh, larger batches are brined overnight, 12 hours, 18 hours. So in addition to salting in large batches, brining does help in huge batches to uh, you know, texturize the, the, the cabbage. Okay. Even freeze-drying? No. no, there's no no saving it with, with the no. Uh, you know, the, I don't think the Koreans have put that in space yet, or, or maybe they have. Maybe they have, and I don't know it. You know? I mean, I'm talking about the drying, uh, jerky drying that you do for. Oh, that's for, uh, uh, that's when it's uh, that works best with kimchi that has fully aged. Fully meaning from it, yeah. we're talking about after eight months. If you really don't want it, <laughs> yeah. Part of the waste not want culture is uh, dehydration, and actually, uh, that's a very traditional thing from China on downward. Uh, things are just dried and powdered. And uh, I, I bought a, a really good uh, dehydrator, you know, and uh, I don't think anything else will ever go in there after dehydrating kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I could see fruit roll-ups yeah. following kimchi. <laughs> oh, yeah. That actually sounds good to me for some, know. some reason. Oh, you're a slave to trends. <laughs> I don't know about this kimchi fruit roll-up. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, that's, um, that's definitely uh, uh, ways to fix it. Like, uh, uh, we're on that topic. Uh, if you know that you cannot get to your cabbage uh, after the initial salting, stick it in a brine and stick it in the fridge. Okay. Uh, you could keep it in there up to uh, 24 hours. You know, uh, Some people say longer, but I think that actually changes the texture too much. Mm-hmm. Um, another way, uh, in, let's say in fermentation, uh, let's say it's a hot summer day. Uh, one traditional way to slow down the fermentation is uh, just... To quickly cooling it uh you know like uh, aside from the refrigeration thing let's say that you're doing a huge batch let's say you're doing 40 pounds uh if that in two days turns really quickly in a hot summer day stick it in the fridge 
okay. uh, in, a, in, in a commercial setting, a refrigeration unit. Uh, the reason why is uh, it's in that mass, it's hard to slow down. So it's not like making your little brew of, of mason jar. It is because it has its, it's producing its own temperature. It's producing its, its own temperature. Its own yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the quick thing is like no, and, and it can turn on a summer's day. It can a whole batch can turn in a day? Mm-hmm. So you know right into the walk-in fridge. Yeah, so that's a good question. I actually was wondering about this a little while ago. What is the ideal temperature? So Chris and I live in this loft. It's 50 degrees in the winter. And, I mean, part of the apartment. Um, and then it's, you know, extremely hot in the summer. So what are the ideal temperatures for kimchi? Well, uh, yeah, let's... And, let's or uh, kind of what are the... No, you don't want to go below or above this. I, I know. That, that's always a funny thing is all instructions say at room temperature. Right. You know, like where? On Mars? Mars? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> On Neptune, do not leave it. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I would say ideally for the first fermentation, which is room temperature, you want it to be somewhere between, I would say, 65 to s- no higher than 78. Mm-hmm. You know, anything higher, it just... It's it's hard to slow down that accelerated fermentation, uh, and so, that's when you can get kind of off flavors. Yeah, or just it's just it's it's not producing the right flavors. It's mm-hmm. just creating sour without mm-hmm. any character. Uh, I, I would say that that's about right, uh, and that's the room, not the yeah. Actually, you know, right. keep or a thermometer in there and okay. take a look at it. Uh, that, that gives you a good reading in a commercial setting. You know, it's expected that you know these are the you know the common temperatures in a in a in a commercial facility. Uh, second fermentation, uh, you do around 41 degrees. A board of health, 41 degrees and below. So uh, n- don't get any lower than, I would say, 36. The freezing is 33. Uh, it, once it freezes, it destroys, you know, it destroys vegetable matter. Right. It yeah. also kills the bacteria. And mm-hmm. the bacteria is something you want to sustain. Uh, the bacteria itself is it's pretty durable I mean, it, it's think this way it, it is something in your body and deals with the conditions of your body going above your body temperature uh, like when I dehydrate the stuff I uh, I want to keep as much of the probiotics in there because it is you know it's good for you mm-hmm. uh, I dehydrate at 105 degrees for 30 hours. So a low so you're going kind of low and slow method low and of slow. dehydration. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm sure they could do this in Las Vegas by just leaving it on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I like cooking eggs on rocks. <laughs> yeah. Cuz that's true. So if you if somebody is trying to ferment in a in a temperature that's below, you know, 63 65, yeah. they would want to do something to kind of insulate or you know, yeah. bring it up, and and you try to emulate like uh, kimchi was uh, traditionally uh, kimchi was made in the fall after the harvest, and you made enough of that to last you through the winter. So you're mm-hmm. emulating the the fall temperatures, okay? You know, and then the winter temperatures uh, after burying, right? Uh, and uh, you know, luckily, we don't have to bury them. Can you imagine burying something in Brooklyn? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get like car door, battery, dead body, dead body, <laughs> <laughs> brick. <laughs> yeah, next to your kimchi. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back on Cooking with Kimchi with Tony from KimchiLicious.com. Forget about it. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets. I've devoted my idiot career to the old ways, the old recipes, the old tools, the old geography of where serious foods come from for centuries. And I've strived to make these wonderful things available to New Yorkers for 37 years. So it's a fait accompli for us to support Heritage Radio Network. And I hope you will too, and I hope you'll keep tuning in. For more information, please visit fairwaymarket.com. Welcome back to Foment About It. If you'll notice, Chris, is, we're both chewing on um, kimchi waffles, which Tony delicious. brought us to the studio. Yeah, they're absolutely phenom- phenomenal. Buttermilk kimchi waffles made with cornmeal. All right, so kimchi waffles. So what has inspired you to work on this book? Um, uh, well, a lot of kimchi is really my favorite, one of my favorite foods. And I would say, especially growing up on Guam, it was one of those things you had. You can get a kim- There was kimchi pizza on Guam before... It became a fad. <laughs> you go to the local Shakey's and you want extra kimchi. They charge you a buck and you have kimchi pizza. Uh, it was one of our favorite things to do with, uh, you know, go to the farmer's market for lunch. Shh, you're skipping school. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you could have kimchi, uh, a kimchi bowl, you know, or anything with kimchi. Uh, it's, it's one of those... Uh, Funny things that were, it's just a, a flavor that I grew up with that I really cherish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also turned into, uh, well, what else do I do with it? <laughs> it became a challenge. Uh, uh, the concept really was, you know, I've made a kimchi meatloaf. I've made, you know, kimchi pulled pork. You know, anything that I could put it in, I would try to. And some things didn't always work out. Yeah, like, that's what I want to know about. What were your, what's a good kimchi failure? Something you thought uh, would, would work and you were like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> uh, stuffed kimchi burgers, not so good. Uh, it turned out that the acid level on the inside, I took two patties, uh, you know, put kimchi with different stuffing and cheese, sealed them together, and threw them on the grill. It's such an acid level that the inside turns bitter. <laughs> so it wasn't what I thought. Yep. Uh, uh, kimchi, to get the full flavor, is best eaten uh, you know, uh, as a side dish on top, uh, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, but when you cook with it, it does take on different characteristics. One is uh, you primarily get the sour, especially if you're cooking with older kimchi. And the finer aged kimchi are, are what you want to cook with. You know, it breaks down so easily. Um, I, I found that uh, when you cook with it, you work with, like what you're having here, uh, the kimchi salsa. It's already sour. There's not much you add to it. It's really just, uh, you know, apple, garlic, lime, and little sugar for balance. But otherwise, and This kimchi that's salsa it. is delicious. That's it. I mean, yeah. It's, it's out of this world. Uh, there, uh, listen, I'm trying to think of the, the worst thing that I made. Uh, I, I kept on revisiting it, but... Uh, you know, baked eggs. <laughs> <laughs> like a, like, yeah. Okay, the first time I, I did it, the kimchi has enough sugar in it that it burned and stuck the egg oh. to the bottom of oh, the wow. muffin pan. So I bought Stephanie a new pan. <laughs> 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 That's right. I didn't just clean it. I got new pan. <laughs> uh, then the second time, what I did is I lined it with a wonton wrapper. And oh, yeah, buttered up some wonton wrappers, made a nice little nest, and uh, put the kimchi on top, but not at the bottom. So it, it is—it's a technique of layering. <laughs> right. But those were really good baked eggs. And the, yeah, because again, you're you're putting the kimchi on top, so they're not, and that's not a dish that you have to cook very long. Not very long, you know. I, I, and you put you put it on towards the end. Uh, a lot of the cooking that I I do, it's it's I, I always think of it as Italian cooking. You don't throw it in all together. Some things just go on at the end. Mm-hmm. Like in a good marinara, uh, shrimp marinara, the shrimp 
you take it off the stove and you throw the shrimp in. You don't cook it. You right. just let it do its thing. Mm-hmm. And I find that is how kimchi works pretty well with uh, well, most cooking. Otherwise, uh, the kimchi pulled pork that I did, uh, my friend Pat and I have been doing the barbecue at Freddy's Bar now eight years, and people don't know it, but they've been eating kimchi. Uh, <laughs> but the pulled pork is uh, a lot of the old kimchi. You know, it's now broken down. It's very tart. And in a lot of ways, it's like uh, when you add vinegar or cider yeah, vinegar that's, to yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, I was thinking. So the sour is what you want. That's really the component of flavor. But it also has a lot of depth of all the processed garlic that's been through there it's very fragrant it has a deeper taste than the regular pulled pork uh, so that's another way of doing it another one is stews I, I really like a hot and sour stew i just do oh here's 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 a classic failure i entered the chili contest at freddy's and i made a vegan kim chili <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't i didn't win it was interesting and all the vegans liked it but let's face it they're vegans. <laughs> <laughs> but you be focusing mostly on vegan style kimchi. I, I, well, so. it is. It, it, I'm, I'm, I'm not a vegan, but my kimchi is. Uh, right. I, I, a lot of it, again, is I cannot eat the regular uh, fish sauces that are out there. A lot of them are consolidated, and I break out in a rash or asthma. Both Ooh. are embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> so you hear that. So I, I'm, I'm very guarded about eating shellfish. And I, I have to say, I, I had a... Uh, uh, a shrimp case, a piece of shrimp quesadilla from my friend Heather. I took Benadryl earlier for other things, and I survived it. That's that's good. I was, you know, I, I had a little reunion with my family in Portland, and boy, did they love crab. I kept thinking sooner or later that EpiPen is going to come right out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a terror. Now, is that tr- that's true with oysters as well, right? It, it seems hit or miss. Uh, it really is, and I don't know why. And, and uh, you know, talking with a, a lot of uh, nutritionists, our, our breadbasket and the way we get food has changed so much. Right. So uh, it's not that I'm a purist, but I try to subtract things that uh, that won't kill me. Right, right. Did you bring up oysters because some people make yeah. kimchi with oysters? Oh, yeah. that is a premium way to have it. Uh, I don't think uh, I will say this crossing my fingers. I don't think I have an oyster reaction, <laughs> <laughs> but it does add such a depth to uh, to kimchi. It's a very classic way to have mock kimchi. It adds a sweetness that really. Nice, wonderful seaside flavor, but also it breaks down, so you don't. You're not really eating oyster; it really right. dissolves. But I'm, well, go ahead. I was going to ask at what point you make. So you gave us a mock recipe uh, in the last show. Uh, would you just throw an oyster in that at the time you put it into fermentation, or like, well, would you, you mix ch- it up you with a chop paste? It up. You, you wanna, would. You, you chopped up the oyster. So, so you're chopping up, up really a raw oyster. Yeah, just chop it up right. really well, you know, into smaller components, and just mix it in at the end, you know, before you put it at room temperature. And that's, you know, I think it's a very classic way to have kimchi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Freaks me out, man. I'll tell you that. You don't like oysters? <laughs> I love oysters, but I don't know why. <laughs> I guess it's, That's because I don't get it. About... I mean, I've made oyster beaters, you know, but you don't even but you don't even see about... them. Right. <laughs> They've broken down into yeah. basic cells. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think the same thing. I mean, I think it's true because you think about a raw oyster sitting around like that's one of the worst things you can imagine is right a bad raw oyster. Yeah. But if you think about it in the terms of ceviche. Right? Because yes. essentially fermentation is a type of cooking. It's, it is acidifying. Right. It is so, considered and acidified food by exactly. the Board of Health. And ceviche is the same way. I yes, mean, it is. you're cooking through, you know, with a non heat process. Yes. So, an acidification process, basically. Um, so, I think if you think about it that way, I, I'm we sold. try that I'm next. Ecuadorian. I love yeah. ceviche. I love all about ceviche. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some of the other things? I guess if, if people want to cook with, ki- you know, they want to incorporate kimchi into their. Some of the regular stuff that they eat that's well, not necessarily of Korean origin. What are some of the tips you have? Oh, Besides, get, you know, don't cook it too, you know, add it at the end. Obviously, don't destroy the flavor. Get a good blender. 
<laughs> yeah, I see the yeah, salsa say, is kind of how... Oh, the salsa, that, that's, right? all, that's all hand-chopped. Okay. I mean, that, that is, you know, uh, the style of uh, kaktugi, the fermented Korean radish that I do, is bite-sized. It's not... The traditional one is like an inch-by-an-inch cube. I make mine a half-inch. And uh, so it's just more, I think it's more American style. You know, mm-hmm. like we, we like our stuff minced. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, other styles of, um, you know, uh, sorry, I, I lost track. So get a good blender so yeah, you get can kind of get, get yeah. the flavor of kimchi down to add to other uh, things. Yeah, that it, I would say this. Uh, get a good blender because it goes great in batter. I've made crepes. They're delicious. Uh, the kimchi waffles you're having there, it, it really is just adding pureed kimchi, uh, pureeing kimchi into the buttermilk batter. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really works out well. Uh, actually, my fiance, we were on a, sh- a show called uh, the Working Title Monster Foods, and I didn't get on. She did. She made uh, kimchi cupcakes, and you know what? They were delicious. They it loses in baking, loses all of all of the kimchi components. There's a slight chili flavor to it, and it's a basic carrot cake uh, batter. Right. It just tasted like the most umami carrot cake. You know what I mean? It's on the level of like miso white chocolate. Yep. It was good. <laughs> that that sounds really good. What? Okay, two questions about that. Um, what kind of icing was there? Icing on it a or a glaze? It was a cream cheese. Okay, uh, cream cheese. Cream that cheese, makes cheese sense. glaze. Uh, but the batter. I mean, in the cake itself, I had all the broken ones. It really. Uh, uh, you know, umami, we throw that term around. It actually is, they call it the, the fifth flavor. Right. Uh, our tongues do perceive, I don't know, I always wonder if animals taste umami. You know? <laughs> That's a good question. But, uh, it, no, it's definitely a part of our tongue that perceives savory. So it is a factual thing. It is a chemical reaction. Uh, umami is a glutamate. It's not a monosodium glutamate. But uh, we have, our tongues have a reaction where it exemplifies flavor. Uh, it's, uh, it doesn't make things taste better. It makes your tongues more perceptive to tasting. Mm-hmm. And the other question I had on the cupcakes: Were you? Did you use the aged kimchi? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, just pureed that thing right down in the in the Vitamix, like you know, <laughs> three seconds. It's batter. It's right. amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. And I very did. inspirational. Oh, Absolutely. another thing: get separate equipment. Get yeah. a separate chopping board. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even just making kimchi, I like your tip about using gloves. I did not make use gloves when I when I first made kimchi. My hands were were uh, you know garlic, ginger, pepper for for like three days. You know, I'd be yeah. sip, I'm sipping my beer, being what is it? This smells. Weird. Although it's my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> this ghostly kimchi thing. Whenever I have a beer, what's going right, on? Exactly. The ghost of kimchi pale ale. So let's talk about your book that you've been working on. Ah. It is an interactive PDF. Uh, I, I bypass the app because from what I've seen out there, that's not how anyone cooks. Uh, you want one page. You want a recipe. You want to get it short. Uh, you know, you want to refer to something in the back to make crust. But uh, I'm still I'm still uh, finishing it off. The last chapter is uh, I, I, I don't know why I stopped and said I'm going back to do this. I'm uh, working on a lot of gluten-free uh, recipes. Uh, one is because I am working on a gluten-free project. I developed uh, gluten-free empanadas uh, mm-hmm. called Yum Pies for uh, Levine's, uh, Levine's General Store. That's a brand. Uh, they did well in testing. I've, I actually have encountered a lot of people that I didn't realize had celiac. Right. And these are people that I know well. And mm-hmm. you, you think they're being polite, like, no, you know, that's okay. I don't want a croissant. You know? <laughs> and uh, when you find out, like, wow, they've been, as adults, they've been dealing with it for two years. Like, all of a sudden, the switch went off. We don't know why. You know, epigenetics are a, a huge theory as to why these things are all happening. Maybe it's why I'm now allergic to fish sauces and some shrimp. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... Um, 
I did go back to rewrite it because I, I experimented a lot with different types of dough and different ways to incorporate it into baking. Uh, kimchi, that is. It's a gluten-free dough. Gluten-free dough. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a little bit of science. It's, a, it's not just like whipping out an egg and some flour. There's a lot of know-how. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're adding a gluten-free chapter at the end or incorporating throughout? It's incorporated throughout. I, I, I'll put in an option to add gluten-free dough. GF dope, turn to page. You know. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And when do you anticipate this being out, and how could people? How will people be able to get their hands on it? Well, they will get it through kimchilicious.com. Okay. Uh, you know, it'll be sold as uh, you know uh, uh, a turnkey solution for downloading. Uh, it'll. Be, well, I don't know. I keep saying it'll be out in two months. Uh, the problem is, I work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a labor of love. It's a labor of love, and I don't want to put out something that I'm not proud of. Yeah. Right. You know, particularly because it's my thing, you know. Yeah. So I want it to be um, something that people can use. They can select. Uh, I don't want the... Re- I, I've already subtracted all the difficult recipes. You know what I mean? There were some things where I'm going like, no one will ever make this phyllo dough dish in a million years, <laughs> but it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. And so I have to say, when you did your talk at the, the library, you had beautiful photography, all, you know, oh, this whole you. slideshow. and. I mean, I, I am very excited about your cookbook coming <laughs> out because there was amazing. I actually took notes of some of the things that you had been working on besides the kimchi waffles. Um, you did a kimchi shortbread. Oh, yeah. Those were good. It's a basic shortbread recipe. This is uh, this is where I have to figure out, are people going to uh, – it's a chapter on dehydration. Mm-hmm. So it is using the powdered kimchi. There's no other way to get that. But it's a wonderful ingredient to add into shortbread. It mm-hmm. works so well with butter. I mean, kimchi, kimchi, and anything with fat is delicious. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, speaking of, I haven't had it yet, but I know like Trader Joe's actually has a dried kimchi that they sell now. It's like shoe leather. Shoe leather. I know. <laughs> that's what I guessed. Yeah. I, I, you can't dehydrate in your oven, though. You can, but you know what? It, it takes on a different quality. Right. It, it actually, all the sugars start to burn. Okay. Uh, an oven never gets that low. That low, that's true. It, even if you say it's at warm at 100 and something, it's higher. And uh, I've, I've had that where I go like, it's, it's actually, I want to retain the color. I want to make sure the sugar doesn't caramelize and burn. But in the oven, I've had it, it look. Yeah, you know? yeah. But they do sell the stuff to make your own kimchi. It's good. Yeah, you know, you, you could you could buy the kits that are out there. I I always think if um, uh, the kits are good for starters, you know, like my first kimchi. That's right. not a bad thing, because it's all there. It takes the worry out of it. But as you know, as uh, Chris, as you can see, uh, you know, you make it. There's not many special things you need. Yeah, not yeah. at all. And as I said with the uh, lacto acid bacteria. Um, People sell starters, and it does help. i got to say, in large batches, it helps to have uh, some of the, you know, retaining some of the uh, brine, the, you know, the fermented brine from Mm -hmm. a a past batch that you like, and using that, like beer. If you like that batch, that's a good batch. Use Mm -hmm. it. Uh, That helps in large batches. It does accelerate with control. Uh, And if people are very nervous, if it's their first time, they haven't had much... You know, yeah. experience fermenting vegetables. Then, by you know, by all means, I think yeah. a starter can't. Hurt. It won't hurt. It can't. It can't hurt. Uh, you know, but with you know, as you get more seasoned with it, you know, again, it, it's available in the air. Right. You know, but I do wonder from state to state <laughs> how much is actually yep. available depending on barometric pressure. <laughs> right. Right. I w- yeah. I was just reading an article on uh, in a microbiology journal about sourdough and oh. how that changes if a you lot. bring a sourdough, you know, from Rome to New York. Or from San Francisco to New York, it will very much mutate in a period of time. It's a so, yeah, it's a different, uh, you know, 
it becomes a different product. Mm -hmm. That's that's the bottom line. Like they will say, and it's true. You know, you talk with people from San Francisco. It's like, oh, that's not sourdough bread. This is sourdough. And they're right. They do have really good sourdough yeah. bread there. <laughs> they got good bugs in the air. They do. So thank you so much, Tony, for being yeah, Tony, on. The best. Yeah, we will definitely keep talking when your book comes out we're definitely going to have it on we'll put links to tony's blog um i hope you guys were inspired to both from a couple weeks ago to both make kimchi and then also start cooking with it all right so well, stay awesome stay healthy eat more kimchi for yes. men about it thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. And so you got yourself a-